All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dana Buckler Show. My name is Dana, and I am joined for the first time with uh, a dear friend of mine who I haven't seen in a little while, Michael Hollander. How are you, sir? Oh, my God. I'm doing great, man. How long have we known each other for, honestly? I think looking back on it now, we met, I want to say it was right around 2004, so 15, almost 16 years now. We were both working at a fine dining restaurant together. And it's interesting. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk to you about the the power that movies have, the, the power to form friendships. I don't remember exactly how it happened but one of us got on the subject of the great rocky five and mind you though we're serving during this time you know it's busy italian restaurant we're serving we're busy in the weeds sometimes the, you know ab- absolutely <laughs> and, and, and and one of us starts quoting either tommy gunn or george washington duke and it's like that scene in step step brothers did we just become best friends <laughs> and, and and you know throughout throughout the years we have uh you know we don't see each other very often i think we, we literally go a couple years without seeing each other but i would run into you from time to time and over the past you know three or four years i'd be like hey listen i'm doing this podcast it's all about movies you know i've been holding off on doing a sort of retrospective look at the Rocky films because I want you to be a part of it. How long have you been thinking about this and having me in mind? I'm going to be egotistical for a second if you don't mind. Uh, like, is this like years, like two years, like, I'm going to do a Rocky, I'm going to do it with Mike. Well, look, you know, here's the thing. If you look at all the movies that I've covered over the past five and a half years, you know, you can start checking off the boxes of the really popular ones, the Jaws, the Terminator, even One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, The Exorcist. I mean, classic American films. I did do an episode on the history of Rocky, just the first film, which I made it Patreon exclusive. Uh, listeners can go to patreon.com slash how is this movie mm-hmm. become a supporter. And that I made that episode available. In fact, it was the very first bonus episode that I did, but I've never tackled the Rocky franchise because I've been waiting for that right person and i knew i knew from the beginning you were the person i wanted to talk about this entire franchise with i would see you randomly in the grocery store and you wouldn't see me and i would just go rocky balboa (laughs) (laughs) i mean exactly there's just something i think in all in all of us that, that series was just so captivating and you know You need that one line and it just, it does that thing in you, you know, yes, you know what I mean? And what's interesting is here we are, it's 2019. The original Rocky came out in 1976. And as of last year, they're still releasing these movies. I mean, Creed 2 came out Thanksgiving weekend of last year. And we'll get into whether or not you've seen Creed 2 and and where that movie stands. We'll talk about where all these movies sort of stand in the franchise. But let's go back to the original Rocky. I mean, can you even take me back to the first time you saw it and and sort of what that, that, what kind of impact that film had on you? You know what? It's... I don't remember the first time I saw Rocky, you know? Just like I don't remember the first time I probably saw my mother. You know what I mean? It's just always been there. You know, it's it was that that underdog story. But you know, it, it was just it's it's an extremely special movie. You know, and to this day though, it's still like why was it so special? You know, you can think about a lot of different things, and it's it's still hard to really put your finger on it. For me personally, you know. I think about that a lot. What was it? What was it about Rocky that captured something so special in me, you, and a a lot of people? It's one of these things. I mean, it's if you look at just the history behind what it took to get that movie made. I mean, we're talking about early 1970s. Stallone is flat broke, wants to make it as an actor. (laughs) And as I mentioned in that episode where I looked at the history of the film, he was living in a bus station, a Port Authority bus station in New York City. He had done a couple very, very small bit parts in, you know, Lords of Flatbush. He had a role in Death Race 2000. And then, of course, he famously was in a movie called Party at Kitty and Stud. But he got paid $200 for two days of work there. You know, it's funny that you say that, though, because it's interesting. It's almost like the Rocky film itself is really a film about Sly Stallone's life before Rocky. It really is. You because know? If you look That's at very it, interesting. We talk about how, I've talked about before, how he, like everyone, he was captivated by a particular boxing match that involved Chuck Webner, who was known as the Biome Bleeder, where he fought Muhammad Ali. Now, to be fair, Muhammad Ali was really, I think it's safe to say he was past his prime. This wasn't Rumble in the Jungle. This wasn't him fighting Frazier. Do we know what year that was? That I, I want to say that fight was 74, 75. Was the champion then? I, mean, I, I, I don't even know if he was the champion. And listeners are going to correct me, but bear with me that was almost 50 years ago right, right. so <laughs> jeez that was 50 years ago well I mean, it was 44 years well, ago real. so I mean, that's amazing in and of itself this it, movie is from 76 that's 45 years ago well he man. wrote so he, he gets inspired by this the fact that webner goes the distance with ali which nobody expected he would go the distance he even knocked 
Ali to the ground, although even that is subject to some controversy because there are some experts and analysts that will tell you that he stepped on Ali's foot and that caused right. him to fall down. But Stallone was so inspired by this that he wrote the this, the screenplay about this underdog boxer who gets a million and one shot to fight the champion. And to be fair, to Stallone's credit, and, and people may disagree with me, he's a very good screenwriter. I mean, yeah, I mean, and that proof is in the pudding because when this script started making the rounds in Hollywood, every studio wanted it and they offered him $400,000, which by the way, that's like a million dollars today for a guy that's more. living in a bus station. Okay. Amazing. They, uh, they said, we'll give you 400000 for the script right now. All right. He said, no, because I want to star in the movie. I want to direct the movie. And through a series of long negotiations, eventually United Artists said, all right, look, we'll let you be in the movie, but you're going to bring on a seasoned director, John G. Avildsen, and we're only going to give you a million dollars. Hey, if you don't want to be in the movie and you want to put Robert Redford or Burt Reynolds in the movie, we'll give you 10 million to make the film. Which is a testament to how amazing the script was, obviously. Was that his first script? I mean, what is going on here? It's very odd. It's incredible, though. I mean, and that's that's really speaks volumes to how, like you said, how tight the script was. and, And the interesting part to me as well is, you know, how old was he when this happened? I mean, I, I should have done my research on this, but he was in his late 20s? Well, I was thinking, we were talking before we started recording, I said, I think he's 72 years old right now, and this would have been 75 when this so, was all starting to happen, so we're looking at 44 years ago, so, I mean, he was in his 20s, I mean, late 20s. So. Late 20, again, though, like it's, you have your underdog stories, right? Yeah. But this is this is very interesting, and it's, what kind of maybe it captures me a little bit is, he came up, he was an underdog in his late 20s and came up. Usually yeah. people who are artists like this, this level of slice alone, and he obviously is a great artist. You're always that artist. From 16, 17, 18, yeah. you, that was there. Now, he was in his late 20s and still all messed up. Yeah. And he still came back. And it's always, it's always a te- to me, it's a testament, no matter how old you are, you can always get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you have that, that desire, and that desire goes to what you're saying. They said, hey, we'll give you money and just get out of the film, right? Yeah. And yeah. he's like, no. It's that deep passion within him, you know, so. So, so he brings on, he brings on, they bring on John G. Albertson, who was an established director by their million dollar script. That's nothing. That's nothing to work with right these days or back then, I should say. It's nothing to work with. And they had to do a lot of what I like to call guerrilla filmmaking. A lot of filming without proper permits, without without a lot of the the, the uh, luxuries that one would have making a big budget Hollywood production. But what we want to talk about today really is is the movies themselves. And we want to really talk about the journey that Rocky Balboa goes on. When this movie opens up, we're introduced to the character of Rocky Balboa, and he's in a fight. In, I mean, is this in like an, in the back of a church? I mean, you, you, know, you know what's interesting about that? Because I did I rewatched the movie recently, and um, the movie starts with what? With a painted glass of Jesus Christ. That's how it opens, you know. There's a lot of religious stuff going through this movie, you know. I find that very interesting. But yeah, he starts off fighting uh, Spider, Spider Rico. Rico. Yep, Spider Rico. And Spider Rico headbutts him in the thing, and then he comes back, and he's 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 just fighting for his life almost, or fighting not for his life. But what would you say? Well, he just you know? he's, he's just fighting to get by. What did he, he gets like twenty, thirty bucks for the you fight? Know, I, I think I wrote it down. I, yeah. I, look, I wrote it down right here in my yeah. notes. They tell you, all right, here you go. You made here you, after uh, tax and tag and uh, cornerman. Here's here's your forty dollars for you for your win purse, and Spider Rico here's ten dollars for you. <laughs> and they're in the same room, by the way. Right. You know what I mean? Just Rocky lights up a cigarette. I mean, this is just a completely like, different time period. Rocky bums a cigarette. He Bums a cigarette. Rocky bums a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. You know, and this, it's, it's amazing. So here's a guy. He goes back to his apartment, this little tiny apartment. He's got two turtles, Cuff and Link. So we see that Rocky is, you know, he's boxing. You know, I don't want to call it the underground circuit because this just looks like local. Like these days, I would amount it uh, compared to like here in town every once in a while, the Hilton hosts local action <laughs> wrestling type thing where you pay five bucks. And these guys are probably making $30 for per appearance. But we also learn that he's got another job. Yeah, I mean, he's also what is, he's a collector. He's a collector for who? Tony Gazzo. Tony Gazzo. Tony and this, Gazzo. This is this is not like a, a a debt collector, like or a collections agency. He is a he's a leg breaker. He's a leg breaker. I mean, and Tony Tony Gazzo's a mobster. And what, what what was that one scene in the beginning where he's got to collect like? And, he's, and mind you, the interesting part about this this is not like high level stuff. He's collecting like. $70 for Tony Gazzo, $80 here, $90 there, you know? And Gazzo sends him out on a job and tells him, he says, listen, I need you to go collect this money. If he doesn't have the money, I need you to break his thumbs. Right. And so Rocky meets this guy on the dock and the guy's like, hey, man, I, I don't have it. I don't have it. And Rocky's like, well, give me what you do got. And, you know. And, and, and I will say this. Yeah. I, I did like the fact that 
he owed two hundred dollars to Tony. So I needed two hundred dollars, and he goes, "I don't have it. I have it." You know, he goes, "All right, I do have it." He's like, and he gives him one hundred and thirty dollars. Sounds like, and in my mind, I'm like, "That's pretty good. You got yeah. one thirty of this poor guy, you know." But seventy dollars remaining, he's supposed to break thumbs, and he doesn't do it. He he doesn't do it. What are you doing? Huh? What are you running? By the way, this is a great way to establish that that this character of Rocky Balboa, he's not just this thuggish, you know, a thug type, just boxing, you know, leg breaking type of guy. He's a good person. And this is the first scene that really sort of establishes that he's a good person. And you know, you know what, though? Tony Gazzo comes comes off as a good person, too, to me in this Tony, movie, you know? Tony Gazzo comes off a guy who really likes Rocky. <laughs> really and think about Rocky. this. Think about this. This is not Rocky Rock from Rocky 3. This is not world champion. This is just a, a, a just a regular guy that Gazzo just seems to be, seems to be a nice, he seems to and you know, treat him nice. I don't want to, I don't like using the term poor people or them but this this movie is about is about people who are like down in the dumb struggling you know probably have a lot of abuse in their background the thing that interested me a lot about this movie when i recently watched it again i didn't see it the first time like you said rocky's smoking okay rocky's drinking a lot in this movie that people don't talk about he's drinking beer he's drinking alcohol like like these are people that are down and out in their life and they're just struggling the movie's about a, a struggling boxer and he overcomes the odds this is about People overcoming the odds of their life, if you can, because these people are down in the dirt. You know what I mean? You, it makes you even ask the question: How does he even afford his apartment? Right, Gazo, Gazo. I mean, so you know, it makes, but it also makes you wonder that this isn't the first time that Gazo sent him out on a job. Uh, no, so no, he works for him. So we have to work under the assumption that that Rocky has broken a few legs or broken a few thumbs. Oh no, Gazo. Yeah, exactly. Because when he didn't do what Gazo said, Gazo takes him aside like, "Hey, you got to do what I say." And it seemed like one of the first couple, maybe the first couple of times. But the guy, when when he doesn't break his thumbs, he immediately is like. Before he doesn't break his thumbs, the guy says, oh, you know, Rock, you can say this. You know, I'll, I'll bandage it up. He must have a reputation to a certain extent of having a heart or he wouldn't even come at him like that. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So he has, a, he has a reputation in the community of, a, of, a, of an enforcer with a heart of gold almost. You know what I mean? Also sort of at the beginning of the movie, we see that Rocky uh, continuously visits the same pet store. Now, this is under the guise of buying turtle food for his two turtles, well, Cuff what, and Link. What, what does Rocky want? But there's a reason why. It's because there's a young lady that works there. Her name is Adrian, played by Talia Shire, uh, who, by the way, had already been in The Godfather Part 1 and Part 2. So this is a heavy. Right. All right. This is just not a no-name actress. Like, she's very established. She plays one of Michael Corleone's siblings. And, I mean, I think it definitely, it shows her range in a way, because she's plays a different character in The Godfather. You know, oh. she's a she's a Great, I don't say great, but very, very good actress. She, yeah, you know? yeah, and she plays a really, uh, very, especially in you know the first Godfather. You know, she is she plays Connie, the sister of Michael Corleone, who's uh, who, who's in a very abusive relationship and and things like and that. And as a princess, yeah, and she's very and she's she's all, I don't want to say she's certainly not the character of Adrian, who's this very meek and very timid and very quiet, wow, very different character. By the time you get to Godfather Part Two, you know she's the she's the type of martini for in the morning type, and she's marrying all these guys, and she's going to Michael for money and that type of thing. But when we see her in Rocky, she's this very timid, very shy wearing these glasses just a very modest haircut type thing and rocky is just enamored with her enamored with i mean she's a great character in the movie man she's a great character she's obviously been through a lot of abuse in her life you know and her relationship with paulie her brother is her brother is fascinating they have a fascinating relationship she's i mean 
she hates him, but she loves him. He loves her, but they, he, they live together. They live you know, together. You, you make, that's you, right. Makes you wonder, just sort of a step, kind of makes you wonder. You know, what was their life like? I mean, obviously, they had parents. They're not probably around anymore. Polly's working. <laughs> that's the movie I want to see. The yeah. parents of, of, of Adrian and Polly. Yeah. That like, we, we prequel. Want to, we want to see a prequel of, of Polly and Adrian growing up. <laughs> so, so this is like that's great. The first th- you know twenty thirty minutes of the movie just sort of establishes who our character or right. our main characters and are. Rocky and Polly. Or good friends you know, too. They they meet each other at the bar, and you know, and Rocky's the kind of guy everyone you know, walks in the neighborhood. Everyone says, "Hey, Rock, how you doing?" Everybody likes him. You know, so he's a. We've established that he is a good guy. Then we're introduced to the. I guess it's hard to even call him the antagonist of the movie, but I'm talking about Carl Weathers' character of Apollo Creed. Now, you have to assume that Apollo Creed is inspired by Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Just just the sort of the flamboyance, the flamboyantness you see later on in the movie. But what I found really interesting when I watched this last week was that the character of Apollo Creed, he's a showman, but he's also a very shrewd businessman. And it's quickly established that he's got this heavyweight fight lined up. You know, he's going to be fighting the number one contender. The number one contender gets injured and they're scrambling to try to find some way to salvage this match because there's a lot of money on the line. And they're talking about looking at all these other, you know, the sixth, seventh, eighth rank contender and no one can be ready for the fight. And Apollo comes up with what he thinks is a million dollar idea. Are the doctor's reports confirmed? Definitely. Says here, Mackley Green has suffered a severely cracked third metacarpal in his left hand. Of course, we can cancel the fight indefinitely if you're set on fighting Green. Hey, it ain't just Green. What about all the time Apollo is invested? I believe we can find a solution. Solution nothing. Now, you better find me another rank contender, and I mean in a flash, Jurgens. Don't play games with my client. Apollo's already done a million dollars worth of publicity, has made contractual obligations with 20 different organizations, He's not going to be embarrassed. I contacted Ernie Roman's manager. Ernie's fighting in France that same week. And get me Buddy Shaw. Hell, he's ranked fifth. Went to California and gained 50 pounds. I get hold of every worthwhile contender, and they all say the same thing. Five weeks just isn't enough time to get into shape. Oh, shape nothing, man. They're afraid. Hell, they know everybody in the world's going to see this fight, and none of them got a prayer whipping me. So they're making excuses so they don't have to be the chump to get whipped in front of the whole civilized world. All I can say is I'm a good promoter. I've promoted fights in every goddamn country in the world and I've broken my ass over this one. But I don't know what the hell else to do. I do. Without a ranked contender, what this fight is going to need is a novelty. This is the land of opportunity, right? So Apollo Creed on January 1st gives a local underdog fighter an opportunity. A snow white underdog and I'm gonna put his face on this poster with me. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm sentimental. And a lot of other people in this country are just as sentimental and there's nothing they'd like better than to see Apollo Creed give a local Philadelphia boy a shot at the greatest title in the world on this country's biggest birthday. Now that's the way I see it. And that's the way it's gonna be. Apollo, I like it. It's very American. No, Jurgens. It's very smart. Right. Where there? They were like looking through a book and looking through like different names. Yeah. By the way, it, where are these books published? This book looked like it's got like a thousand pages to it, and you're flipping through the book, and it's like on on page seven hundred and forty four, they find one called Rocky Balboa, the Italian Stallion. I mean, I'm assuming this sounds is like a, a, sounds like a damn monster movie. <laughs> this is, but but these. How how often are these books published? I mean, this is by the way, this isn't even paperback. This is a hard cover. You know, here's a list. <laughs> it was a hard cover. It was a hard cover. Dude, it's funny. It's honestly, I've never heard anybody mention that, and I don't even know that if I internalize it, you know, dialogue wise in my mind. But I'm like, yeah, something. I mean, there's a there's a book about all fighters in in America. Or is this a, just a hard cover? And a hard cover. I mean, I mean, I know we live in a different era now, and I'm sure we could just Google and Wikipedia every boxer we need. But how much does this book cost? Well, I will say this though, you know, and uh, I mean, I was born in '79. You were born in '78. This movie came out in '76. '76. Yeah. And boxing, it, it was a different culture for boxing in the '70s. It was, it was, a, it was maybe it was bigger. You know what I mean? Oh, I, listen, I agree with you. It was huge. Remember, okay, there's a f- few things that everybody needs to keep in mind. I we have to go take the Wayback Machine to 1975, 1976. There was four channels 
ABC, NBC, CBS, and PBS. Right. That's it. No pay per view okay? for no pay per view. No UFC. No UFC. No no octagon fighting. No MMA. Boxing, as far as professional fighting, was the end all be all. And what it was is back again. I'm I'm going back to the you know the people that aren't well to do, if you will. Like, let's end, I mean this is really this is Roman stuff, Roman age stuff. You know what I mean? It's the, this is the uh, what what was it? The uh, the gladiator, the, co- the, gla- the, Coliseum. the Coliseum. And like what well, really, if you look at the movie, they're smoking cigarettes, they're drinking alcohol, and they're watching fights, and that's what. Their, their lives were so bad and so much suffering and this is what their matches held on to. Yeah. And boxing was one of the things people held on to because fighting is obviously very near and dear to most people almost on a genetic level. Yeah. You know it's what it's I mean? almost a primal thing. Yeah. Very primal. And I, yeah. And I, 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 maybe there was this... Uh, we need to look into if there's any hardcover books on every podcast. I mean, it had all the stats too, though. Yeah, listen, listener, listeners, if you can, if you can, <laughs> if someone can find me a book yes. from the 1970s that just has a list of all the different boxers, and I'll, I think, I think Michael and I will, will chip in and pay we'll good in. money. Or, listen, or just create the book. I just want it on Absolutely. my coffee table. That's all I want. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so let's talk about what this million dollar idea that Apollo Creed comes up with. So, what? So the fighter that he was going to fight. Uh, gets hurt. Gets hurt. And they're, they're looking for other fighters. They got like, I think it was like six weeks. Six weeks. Six weeks not to not enough fight. time to prepare yeah. for a fight. And the idea was that this fight was to, it was also on the centennial. It was, uh, it was to celebrate the 200th anniversary of America. Right. And he's going through the books and they're, they're going through different names. And the, the thing I love about what Carl Weather, uh, what Apollo Creed does in that scene is he's the smart one in this scene. Yeah. Nobody, he's the leader. He's the, inte- he's the thought leader in this thing. Listen, he's got a, he's got a huge office. He's got an entourage. He's got an office. He, he, this is the type of guy that he he wears a suit Dressed to work. Yeah, he wears a suit to work every day. And all these guys are saying, "Well, how, how about, they're not looking at the angle correctly." He's looking, like you said, from a businessman, from a marketing perspective, and they're all saying, "What about this guy? What about this guy?" And then Joe Buck and Tom Smith, and he knows in his heart, and he's and he's one hundred percent right. He's like, "It's not the name has to be right." That's what I mean. The billboard. Yeah, and they come up. He comes up with an idea of. Why don't look? We're never going to get one of these top contenders ready in six weeks. It's right, just not right. enough time to prepare someone. So why don't we just, you know, it's 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 the two hundredth anniversary of America. Let's. What's more American than giving some you giving a long shot a shot at the title, giving giving somebody a shot at the title? And so they comes up with the idea of just giving an unknown fighter Correct. a chance to fight right. the champ. And this is great. This is when they're going through and, the book. And the, and the only two reasons that Rocky gets the fight is what that he's from Philadelphia. And his name. The Italian Stallion. The Italian Stallion. And, and, he, and he even says, Paulo Creed versus the Italian Stallion. Sounds like a damn monster movie. You know, that's a great line. And then what's great is Paulo's corner man, Tony, the, Tony, they call, call him Duke, his corner man. Uh, Apollo's corner man. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. throw in the goddamn towel. Yeah. Right, that's, so, that's so we're, we're, we're a little, yeah, we're a little uh, away from that one. <laughs> but his, but his, his corner man, Duke, is in the office with going, and he goes, Duke, he, 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 they're, they're going through the book. And he's like, they found Rocky Balboa, the Italian stallion. And then he goes, no, he's a southpaw. I don't want which, you to mess with no southpaws. Now, for those who don't know what southpaw means, it means he's left-handed, which means he throws his dominant punch with his left hand. That's a thing that, you know, right-handed boxers don't like fighting left-handed it's, boxers. They're, they're awkward. It's just awkward. And there's and, not, not as many left-handed punches out there, and, so you're not used to it as much. And Creed says, and he goes, no, man, I don't want you to fight in southpaw. And Creed just has a throwaway line. He goes, now, nah, put him down in three. You know, he just says, oh, no, 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 Southpaw, nothing. Southpaw, nothing. I'll drop him in three. I'll drop him in three. It's great. So then by this point, we see Rocky. He goes to his gym. This is where we're introduced to the character of Mickey. This is very important right here. And I think a lot of people miss this in the Rocky movies. And it's honestly, it, it, it almost it almost hurts me. I'll be honest with you. It almost hurts me because when he goes back to the gym, as you know, they give his locker away. Yeah, he go he goes in there. He goes into the locker room. And he's it's so great because he's trying to do the combination on, on, his, uh, on the lock. <laughs> and then he pulls his hat off because he's got the combination hidden in his hat and it's not working. And he looks over and his he, he they call it Skid Row. He right, said, "Why is my, right, st- why is my right. stuff on Skid Row?" Get, before he even yeah. gets to Skid Row, yeah. when the lock's not working, yeah. you notice he takes off the fire extinguisher off the wall yeah. and bangs the lock off. And yeah. in that moment, I'm wondering: Does the character of Rocky is he thinking at that point? All right, maybe they replace me, or he just thinks it's just not working. Yeah, I, I don't. I I think he thinks it's just not working at that point. You well, know, I think that's a part. I mean, that's a good way to talk about. And I want to say this in the most you know sensitive way there is. But the character of Rocky is, you know, he's not. He's at least the way he's portrayed. He's not a particularly smart guy. 
No, he's, no I mean, that's, that's the character. I mean, he's a character. He's kind of a, you know, I don't want to say he's kind of a low intelligent, probably a little bit low IQ type guy. You're uh, a very emotional man. A very, yeah, but you know, right. and he, but he's just very, you know, simple. He's, he's simple. I think that's the word we, we want to use. He, re- he establishes that his stuff's been put on Skid Row, and that's when he goes out to talk to Mickey. <laughs> established. Established. Eventually established. Eventually now we can go on from there. Okay. Now we can. And he goes and talks to Mickey, who's who's working. Who's, who's he, there's some guy sparring in the ring, and Mickey's you know telling him you know what to yeah, do, yeah. and he goes, hey, you know, you know did you move my locker you know what's what going in my locker and mickey's like yeah you're you know this is where mickey basically established i've stopped saying established this is where we we learn <laughs> that uh that mickey you know he's had enough of rocky he he said look you, you fought spider rico okay he's a bum he's you know you're, you're you're never gonna you had a chance he tells him you know you had a chance you could have been good but you fucked off and became a leg breaker and I don't have nothing to do with. I don't want anything to do with you. You know what? That's I mean, that's bringing me to the point that I think that people don't mention a lot about Rocky, and uh, it hurts me. But you're bringing up a good point too. You know, Mickey kind of does he have any heart for Rocky? Like, if, I don't want to jump too ahead in the movie, but if you notice, he seems to have nothing for Rocky until Rocky gets the shot. Now and, he wants. Yeah, back now I want to. You know, and I want to get to that. I want to get to that. Yeah, I don't. I want to get to that. Hurts me, man. That but hurts so, me. so Mickey strikes me as the type of guy who you know he the gym's crowded with people. It's right. full of people. He's running this gym. And he's running a business. He's as run, he says he's running a business, and he is working with fighters that are on the up and up. And he saw that Rocky. He probably saw something that Rob, Rocky probably had more than a lot of the people that he's training right now. But he, he said he got you had more potential than anyone right. else, but you just fucked off. And you you just, you know, you, you've wasted your potential. And I don't have anything left to say to you. I've got nothing. I don't want anything to do with you. Your locker's on skid row. Get the fuck out. Right. You know? Wasted talent. Wasted like, talent. Bronx Tales that they talk about. Like, oh, yeah. Exactly. Wasted talent's the worst thing you could do. And so Rocky, you know, he's, you know, he gets a big shouting match and he just kind of storms out. Hey, you got something for me? Yeah, there was some guy here from Miles Juggins looking for you. They need sparring partners for Apollo Creed. Put me on. There's a car. When was it here? About an hour ago. They'll probably look for sparring partners for Creed, you know? I said that before, you dumb Jago! You know, I've been coming in for six years, and six years you've been sticking it to me. I want to know how come. You don't want to know. Yeah, I want to know how come. You want to know? I want to know how! Okay, I'm going to tell you. Because you had the talent to become a good fighter. And instead of that, you became a late breaker to some cheap second-rate loan shark. To living? It's a waste of life. I mean, mind you, when you're talking, I mean, you know, on throughout the, all the movies with Mickey, you can't get a word in edgewise with Mickey, no matter what. Yeah. You said Mickey, Mickey's got something back. He, what did he say? He goes, he goes, Spider Rico, he's a bum. He's like, you think every, everyone I fight is a bum? He goes, well, ain't they? <laughs> like got him again. You can't get Mickey. He's always got you. And, and then we get see, we get to see a little bit more of Rocky, like hanging out at the bars. You know, walking a young lady home. She he, he tries to say, again. This is a young lady. <laughs> he, he walks a, a beautiful young lady. He, he walks a girl home. Who you know, he gives her the speech about you know you don't need to be hanging out. Oh, this late oh yeah, night. you're talking about the, the 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 small the little girl, the little girl who yes, who shouldn't yes. be out at late. And he walks her home, and you know he's trying to be like you know you know these guys will take advantage of you, and you know you need to not be hanging out with these guys. Now now I got to say a bad word, whore. Yeah, yeah. yeah he said yeah. you know you, you don't you don't want to come across that way, and so when he finally walks her. To her house, right. you know, she's, you know, he think we're all like, look, Rocky just taught this girl a very valuable lesson. And all movies always end yeah. with like, thank you, Rocky, thank- And so she turns much. around and just basically says, screw you. That's real. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, this is giving you a real guttural uh, understanding of what's going on in these neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You know, and but it was, it was also, again, used to establish that Rocky is a good guy. Right, but it, it's also it's used to establish Rocky's good guy, but it's also used to establish again what the neighborhood, where these people are coming from, and how things really work. You you, you can be a nice guy like Rocky was to this woman and this little girl, and she's be nice and really trying to teach her a lesson. And then at the end, what happens? She still says, you know, like f you. Yeah, you know. She, she, and Rocky walks away with saying what? Maybe she's right. Maybe she's right. Yeah, I mean, that's you know what I mean. Like, who are you? You know what I mean. So it's it's coming up. It's hard. You know, you feel people feel bad about themselves. So Rocky, he gets notified that Apollo Creed, who's got a fight coming up in Philadelphia, he thinks he's been he's been called to Apollo Creed's office. Right. He, well, excuse me. No, he's, the, the he's, promoter. Been, he's been called to the promoter's office. He thinks he's going there because it's been told to him that Apollo's looking for some sparring partners. 
And Rocky goes there and, and sits down with the promoter and says, you know, it'd be a great honor to, you know, to spar with the champ. I wouldn't take any cheap shots. You know, I'll, I'll, right, I'll do right, whatever right, you right. want me to do. And the promoter says, no, I don't, I don't think you get it. You know, how would you like to fight Apollo Creed for, you know, the heavyweight championship of the world? And this is, again, why this script is so good. He goes, no. No. Balboa, how are you? George Jenkins. Take a chair, please. Thanks. Mr. Balboa. Call me Rocky. It's Rocky. Tell me, Rocky, you got any representation? You have a manager? Uh, no, just me. Oh. Rocky, I've got a proposition I'd like to make to you. A uh, sparring? Beg your pardon? Well, I just did. I know you're looking for sparring partners, and I just want to say I'm very available, you know. I'm sure you are. Absolutely. Uh, Spawn with the chairman would be an honor. And you know what, Mr. Jerkins? What? I wouldn't take no cheap shots either. I'd really be a good sparring partner, you know. You don't understand me, Rocky. My proposition's this. Would you be interested in fighting Apollo Creed for the World Heavyweight Championship? No. You're right, though. It's, again, it's the entire script. It's... It's not what you're used to. You know, you're not ready for the, what's happening. You know what I mean? It makes it very much more real. But wh- wh- why, why did he say no? You know what I mean? Why do you think he said no in that moment? It could be a, it could be a situation where everything that Mickey has said to him is he probably believes, you know, he, he, he had his shot. For as, as, as simple as we're supposed to Rocky's portrayed, he's also a little bit smart because he's probably saying, I wouldn't last one round with the heavyweight championship of the heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah, so, but, I mean, and there's a difference between being intelligent and being like, Emotional and his emotions. You're yeah. right. And street he's been smart. Beaten down. Rocky is street smart. Is very, Make no Rocky's mistake about it. Smart. He's, very he's street smart. So he's like, no. What are you talking about? I don't want to do this. And but he, but he would make some money though. So I, I, I'm still not. I'm still like. I'm still unsure as to why he said no. I think it's he must have been beaten down. Doesn't want to rise into the lights. You know, he's just. It's not. It's not for him. It's, you know what I mean? Uh, Rocky kind of strikes me as the type of person that if he he's he's very happy with his status quo right now. He's well, I shouldn't say happy. He's very content with his status quo. If he can make enough money to live week by week by week for the rest of his life, he right. he's fine with that. What he really wants is to. To take Adrian out, and we'll get to that in right. a moment. And, and which is what I think most of us are going through. You know, yeah. I mean? even if you're depressed, or if you're this, or if you're that, you're happy with what you know. You're scared of what you don't know. And even if it's going to keep him down, he's just like, I need to stay here. I mean, you know what I mean. And, sh- and that's maybe part of the part of the joy of this movie is it works him from that place of just being content in this this low level to somehow. And, and that's interesting. How does he get from that level to say, you know what? I can go towards this light. And, and, I can rise. Perfect analogy. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening where we've been presented opportunities in our life that, you know, I can tell you uh, there's been a few times where I've met someone and I've been talking to them and they're like, you know what? We'd love to have you work for us. It's this, this and this. And I have said, I remember saying and a few times saying, no, thank you. or Because there's a part of me saying I could never do that. Right. I, I don't have right. I don't have what it takes to do that, and I think that speaks to exactly what he was going exactly. through. You know, like if exactly. somebody all of a sudden said, "We want to take you, Dana, and we're going to give you a show on Sirius, and we're going to put you at the right. prime time right. slot. We need you to start in a week." Right, I would be like, "Ah, I mean." Well, when, yeah, so, when, what, what, what happened with you when you first started your podcast? I mean, I know you, what, 10 years before you even started yeah, the podcast? Yeah. Something in you, you've always loved movies. We've always yeah. spoke, spoke about movies, but you weren't doing a podcast. You know, maybe podcasts weren't even around back then. But something happened in you where you like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna do it. Something yeah. must have I mean, you must have been doing it for a while and something clicked or something. I know. I was listening to podcasts for a few years before I decided that, hey, this is something I think I, I really want to do. But I talked myself out of it. Right. 20 times. Like Rocky talked himself out of the, the championship fight. I bought all the podcasting equipment I would need. Right. And it was almost a year before I actually started <laughs> right, doing it because right, because right. It, it, it felt like it was going to be so daunting. And how am I ever going to do that? So that's exactly what I, we've got to assume. That's exactly what Rocky was thinking. Exactly. You know, so, that's right. you know, you're presented with an opportunity and you doubt your ability. And I think and you're, and you're comfortable, even though you may be depressed or you may not like your life, you know, it's and you're comfortable in it. You know, you know, and it's anything else out of that is anxiety provoking and it's scary to go there, you know, and, yeah. and he didn't go there. He said, no, no, 
Now, while Rocky is sort of mulling over this opportunity, you know, he musters up the courage to finally ask Adrian out on a date. When does he ask her out on a date? I'm trying to remember in the movie when he... He invited her for Thanksgiving dinner. Paulie did. Paulie invited her for Thanksgiving dinner. Just he, goes, he goes, come on, come to Thanksgiving. He kept, does Adrian know? Did Adrian know I'm coming? Oh, yeah, she's very excited. She's very excited. Oh, yeah, she's yeah. very excited. Oh, yeah, she's very excited. And, yeah. uh, did you ask her? Five times on the way over there, he asked her. He kind of knows he didn't, but he's going to go anyway. He wants to be in the position, you know. And then when she when he gets there, what happens? Adrian doesn't know that he's even coming. No, and she's you know? she's she's so Polly. Why did you invite him over? Oh, well, you know, she's all she's all upset. And Polly gets all. I love it. He just pulls the turkey out of the oven, and he's just. It's listen. Polly's extremely abusive. Let, let's let's call it what it is let's, here. Let's make no mistake about it. I okay? mean, he's he's I, he's an alcoholic. He's, an alcoholic. he's got always got a bottle of uh, bourbon or a bottle of whiskey I in mean, his back pocket. I mean, he's literally like emotionally and physically abusing this poor woman. Yeah, you know. And Rocky is there, like, and they're buddies, but they're not friends. You know, uh, they're, uh, they're, I don't know about they're, that. They're acquaintances. You know, Rock uh, Polly's the type of guy. He knows everyone in town. He's older than Rocky. You know, he's a little more street smart. You know, he's always hustling something. He's always hustling. And he wants to work for Gazzo. I, yeah, I, I don't exactly. see that happening. Yeah. He, he, when are you going to get me in with Gazzo? You know, he's uh, all, I'm not going to ask you again. But when are you so, in with Gazzo? So, you know, at, at, <laughs> you know, Rocky, after the whole Thanksgiving thing, Rocky asks, gets Adrian to go out on a date with him. This is a this is a really touching scene. It's touching. He runs into Gazzo and he says, you know, I'm going on a date. And, and Gazzo, again. This is where Gazzo's a nice guy to Rocky. Gazzo gives him 50 bucks. So, you're taking her, take her somewhere nice. And, and I'm thinking, all right, so 50 bucks back in 76, what does that equal? Like it's got to be a couple hundred couple at least. A couple hundred. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a nice little date for them. They that's have, a nice they, little they date. a nice dinner. I'm know? not going to repeat what Gazzo's driver says, but, you know, it's also established that, you know, Gazzo is really nice with Rocky. But Gazzo's right-hand man doesn't like Rocky at all. Well, how about this, though? Of course, you know, Gazzo's right-hand man, it, it's, it's a funny little dynamic that they put into the movie, and, yep. and, I, and, I, and I enjoy it. Um, you know, obviously, Gazzo's right-hand, the driver is always just talking terribly nasty. And he goes, Some people hate for no reason, Rock. Why doesn't Gazzo stop it? Stop it, Gazzo. You're in charge. Uh, Why are you allowing it to happen? He, he references that. He should take Adrian to the zoo, but I'm not going to go any further on what well, that what that line you know, that is. That was inappropriate, I thought. Yeah, I thought Gazza yeah. should have stepped in. But, he you know he, I mean? he should have. He should have. <laughs> so Rocky takes Adrian out to a skating rink, and the skating rink is closed. It's closed. And he ends up he ends up buying you know he ends up paying the guy the attendant there for what ten minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, of, you which know. goes to his street smarts. You know what I mean? Yep. He he knows how to move yep. and shake. You know. Now here's an interesting fact about this film because it was made on such a low budget, nine hundred and sixty thousand dollars. That original scene did call for it to take place during in an ice skating rink, but they didn't have the money to pay the extras, so they wrote in the fact that the place was closed. And That's so that beautiful. yeah, I mean that just I mean, goes to show. And again, throughout no, but that makes the, the, the that, but that, that's it, one of those things where it makes the it, scene better. It works better because it is way what's, better. What's great about that scene is Adrian's wearing skates. Rocky's not. Right. You know, yes, and, yes. and, and you know, he's, he's just going around. around and he's he is so unabashed about who he is when he's talking to her. He's not afraid to to open up about who he is. And you can tell that this guy is just nuts about her. And she is starting to warm up to him a little bit. Why, why does he love? What, 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 what is it about Adrian? What about Adrian? Like, what is it? I mean, is it, I can tell you what it is. You know, My theory you. is what, this what is because it? we've already established I that like Adrian, but you know, in this world that he lives in, it's a world full of gangsters, thugs, hustlers. Polly, his buddy Polly, is a is a you know everybody. Right. Everybody treats Rocky kind of in a bad way. You know, Mickey's yelling at him. Gaza's, why didn't you break his legs? Why did you, Polly? When are you going to get me a job? Adrian's the first person, even the little girl, even the little girl, screw you, Rocky. Right. Adrian. Everyone's guarded as hell. Yeah, I mean, so was she who was saying something. She's the first person who's just nice to him and doesn't treat him bad and is friendly to well, him. Wait, hold on. Is she nice to him, though? She, if, but if, she's if, just very quiet. She's, very, she's not even nice to him. That, 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 that's what I'm like getting at. It's like, you know, she's not nice. To, she's quiet. Yeah. And he, he's, a, he's, he's very confident in like, Something in her, he, just, he keeps going forward. He wants to break through this thing because he knows there's something beautiful there. Yeah. And he keeps going and going and going, and he gets it. Yeah. And, and she opens up to him. This, and he sees this beautiful, you know, this beautiful garden that all these women have. You know, he, but he gets the, her to open up her garden to him, you know? So, so Rocky agrees to do the fight. Now, this comes back to where we get the Mickey comes back. Oh, God, man. All right. Mickey com- confronts him. You know, Rocky's going to get ready to start training for this thing. And we'll talk about some of his training regimen. You know, <laughs> there, I've got a few things to say about that. But 
Mickey, who has done nothing but to tell Rocky just how terrible of a person he is, all of a sudden, sort of with his tail between his legs, comes to Rocky and says, you're going to need someone to train you properly for this fight. And fucking Rocky lets him have it, you know? Right, you right. Know? What about my prime, Mick? Yeah. Well, I never, at least you had a prime. You know, I mean, how, I mean, how old is Rocky in this movie, though? I think he's, I think he's only like 30. He's got to be late 20s, early 30s, you know, which, by the way, that, that is. Old, but that's but old. That, but that's, in fighting terms, that's old. No, it's old. You know. It's old for fighting terms. I mean, again, this this is the big issue for It's not even an issue. It's, it's, it's life. You know, and Rocky is life. Mickey didn't care about Rocky. I don't think that Mickey cared about Rocky until Rocky had the heavyweight championship shot and Mickey saw his chance to to do that thing he always wanted to do. Which he had never done. Which he had never done. He had done. never done because you know why? He's still managing a gym in the slums of Philadelphia. But Mickey's got problems too, you know? You know. He's got, he's <laughs> Mickey, got, Mickey's got his own things, you know? You know. Let's do a movie. Mickey won. Yeah. <laughs> we, need the, we need the prequel of Mickey coming up. <laughs> We've got a lot of prequels you know, to make here. You know, so... so Mickey won. <laughs> can we talk about Rocky, his training regimen? He gets up in the morning, uh, 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the classic, morning. Classic stuff now. Classic stuff. So, he is... Listen, well, the, the, I, I, the, the original classic is what? The eggs. The eggs. And I want to I want to say this. I, I have never in my life ingested a raw egg like that. And he cracks, what, five or six into this glass. And he does it in one full scene. So, he really does this. This is not like a quick edit to where you see him drinking from behind. Like, he does that. I, I'm curious if anybody out there listening, if anyone, if, if they've ever made that part of their training regimen, well, raw eggs. Well, let me say this. You know, um, you know, I used to drink protein shakes, right? I crack raw eggs and those protein shakes all the time. Eggs are delicious. So, um, I go get sushi a lot. I get quail eggs, which is raw, a raw quail egg. A yolk is a yolk. Do you know what I mean? Okay. That yolk is always a yolk. It's delicious. So, it looks gross, but it's delicious. I, I really, I, I really, um, encourage everyone out there to at least have two raw eggs per day. You know, and they're not going to get salmonella. I'm not going to get salmonella. Don't worry about that. All right. All right. You know? Fair enough. Well, once I did, but it is. The, the thing I was, one of the things I was most concerned about with Rocky in his training was the fact that, I get cardio is super important because these fights, you've got to go the distance. <laughs> and, important, right? and it's, I mean, it's, it's, that's all, that's what it's about. I mean, obviously, you know, there's, there's strength training, there's sparring, there's all that, but, but, but running and a good portion of his training is running. He's running in converse. <laughs> I, I never thought of that and that that hurt my feet just watching that i mean does, doesn't that go to mickey though mickey's a trainer yeah. you know what i mean i think mickey's gotta be like you know let's get you some proper shoes so, i mean he's a 75 year old trainer he doesn't know how to freaking run he's got to say at some point rocky you're gonna turn an ankle right. you know you're <laughs> <laughs> well commerce that were high yeah they were I mean? yeah they were i'm more about it the soles are not the cushioning you know what yeah, i mean that's what I'm rocky about. you're gonna herniate your disc yeah, you know what he's, I mean? <laughs> he's probably like you know the kids and hoosiers wore them why can't you <laughs> this is how we used to always train in the old days, <laughs> in the old days. It's like Mickey. No, you didn't. They didn't have Mickey, in, the old Mickey, days, so stop. in Mickey's days, we ran in bare feet on the right. asphalt. Right, right. <laughs> Back in the day, we used to swim the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> nice, so, Mickey. You know, one thing we haven't talked about, we haven't touched on, is is the music in this movie. It's the score by Bill Conte. I mean, "Gonna Fly Now" was one of the most iconic. Gonna fly now. It's one of the most iconic songs of all time. I think they still play it every week during the Philadelphia Eagles games. I mean, it's it's cemented in in Philadelphia I mean, the culture. Movie, w- the movie wouldn't be what it was without the music. I don't think. You know, no, there's yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on there with the music. That's just it's and those whole and again, talk about. This is one of the first movies that really introduced the the concept of the training montage. Is that right? I mean, I never thought about that. It, was, that the, it probably was the first training Which montage. would become a staple for every Rocky movie to follow, the training montage. How do you and not every, get pumped up? And every fighting movie after that, like Blood, Sport. <coughs> every and, one of them. All, yep. you know, all Kickboxer, you know. Yeah, the, the training montage. The is, training montage set to iconic music. And like you know, it's 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 rising. Everything's rising. He's getting better and better. And he's you know, and what, the one arm push ups. Remember that? Yeah. And whatever, you know, hitting him, ta ta, hitting him in the stomach with the with the medicine ball and everything. And and you see that that Mickey sort of has these sort of unorthodox training methods for really toughening Rocky up for this fight. The, the you chicken. Know, but every everybody is going through I, throughout the sense of the movie though. You're still working on the assumption that Rocky is he's not going to last. But a couple rounds. One of the more unique aspects of Rocky's training is something that Polly sets up for him. Now, Polly works in a beef cutting, uh, a meat meat manufacturing plant, and he gets Rocky hitting the 
the slabs of beef. Well, I think what happened in that scene, and you're making me think, you know, there's always that tension between Pauly and Rocky. And because, you know, Rocky keeps Rocky's got to walk a fine line here with this, his relationship with Adrian and but dealing with Pauly and Adrian's relationship because Pauly's very abusive to Adrian. So he's got to walk a fine line and want to tell Pauly to stop. And when to like let them have, go through what they have to go through. And I think it was a great line with that. Um, but they're arguing about something. And then, and Paulie starts hitting the meat. Yeah. Paulie starts hitting the meat. And then he goes, it dawns on him, what? And then he puts him aside. Then he starts hitting the meat, you know? Which is brilliant because it sets up in future Rocky movies. He always has these unorthodox methods of training that will prepare him like no other, no other way for these fights that he's going to have. It goes to, Again, Rocky, again, we're saying he's a simple man. He's, he's got street smarts. We know that he's a highly, highly emotional fighter. If his emotions are down, he can't even train. Yeah. You know, he, can't, he can't even, he can't even train. But if he's, if he's inspired, he trains very hard. And there was something about him hitting with his bare knuckles, hitting that meat that was very cathartic for him. Something he needed that. Something about hitting raw meat with his hands. And, and as he was hitting it, it was doing something to him. I can't even tell you what it was, but it was doing something to him. And, and, and it worked well. And then they had, then they had the, uh, the interview with him in the, thing, in the meat plant, hitting yeah, the meat. The meat yeah. And that's when Apollo, I think, starts to get that, at least the people in his entourage start to get that, oh shit moment. Like, what, right. what have we done? Well, they, they, they see, they see the fire. They see the fire in Rocky. And you know what? That goes, again, like, we don't talk much about Apollo. Apollo's a great businessman. He's a great boxer. He's a great talker. But Apollo's going through some stuff himself, you know? Even though he's like the world champion, he's still longing for something. Something he still wants that he's just, he's fighting for. And what is Apollo fighting for? I'm not sure. He's a smart enough guy that he knows that you don't stay on top for long, especially in that industry, in the boxing industry and professional fighting. You know, he is looking, I think, to establish his legacy. He's already won the world championship. Now, at this point, you know, he he wants to go down as the guy he gave this underdog a chance and against the advice of the people that know him best they're like this is a bad idea don't do this why are they so scared of rocky i, I understand i mean obviously rocky gave him a great fight so i guess they were right ultimately but he's a champion of the world and this guy is, is a bum nobody he moves a southpaw they're still i i don't see why they're so scared of rocky you know what i mean what I think this movie is missing, and I would have, I think it would have been a little bit more effective. And that's not to say this is an amazing film. Is I would have liked to have seen a, you know, Apollo's training regiment. I would have liked to have seen the the dichotomy between what Rocky's doing, what Apollo's doing, and subsequently we it. get that in in future films. Yeah, but they didn't have. Did they have any Apollo um, training montages? I know they didn't too, for sure. They didn't too, but they didn't. In, they didn't in this one. No, Apollo. We don't see. He, we don't see a whole lot of him no, until the end of the we movie. Don't. We don't. And, and that's a testament, though. Moving forward, they do give Apollo more time and, and delve into him a little bit more as they go on. Obviously, you know, culminating in four, where so you know, poor guy does. And what's nice is sort of all of the things that have been going on in Rocky's life, sort of all, everything kind of gets resolved by the time we get to the fight itself. You know, by this point, he is established. He's in a relationship with Adrian. I, I love what you said about how he walks sort of a real fine line with Polly, because you're right. At any time, I think at this point, you know, Rocky will fucking knock Polly out. He can. And, 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 and Polly knows it. this. They both know they, it. They, they both know it. Yeah. And, and he even gets Polly in the corner with him. He get you know, he gets right. him as one of his cornermen. Right. Well, he's, so, always, he's always trying to help Paul. And Polly knows, again, talking to the heart of Rocky, he knows that Rocky is not going to really hurt him. And it, which allows Paulie to really go hard on Adrian and even on, on Rocky. He'll, he'll yeah. go hard on Rocky sometimes, you know, but yeah, he's, he's got a heart for, for, for Paulie, obviously. We kiss him in the corner. He puts, I think he puts some advertisements on, on his own, on his back yeah. for, <laughs> for him, you know? No, it's good. So there's a lot of hype leading up to the fight itself. It's, it's being billed as, you know, the bicentennial fight of the, of the century, you in know, Philadelphia it, in Philadelphia, Rocky's hometown. And what's great about this is when we get to the fight scene, you know, the crowd is going crazy for Rocky. Oh, they're opening. They're, they're showing Yo, Rocky. Well, yeah, it's, in Philadelphia. it's in Philadelphia. They're going, you know, Apollo has come to Rocky City. He's come to Rocky Surf, and the crowd is behind him. And you go, the first time you see this movie, and you got to, you, you got to 
put yourself in the mindset of watching this movie when there was no sequels. This movie came out in 76. You don't know what the outcome of this story is going to be. You have seen this journey that this guy has taken from a lowly leg breaker to training for a professional shot at the title. And, you know, to see the crowd behind him from the get-go is really inspiring. You, But you still have to work on the assumption that this guy, he's going to be knocked out in the second round. Well, you know, listen, I, you know, we have the music, right? So we have the music in the training montage, which is amazing, amazing. I mean, it's it's almost as integral as part of the movie as anything else. And he's getting better. He's getting stronger, and he's feeling good and confident. Not right? smoking anymore. Not you know, no more smoking and drinking. You know, even Gazo's goon isn't saying anything. You know, he's yeah. not. and then we get to the fight. Like you said, I think at the time that most people, ninety five percent at least. Thought Rocky was going to win. Well, I don't be- think they didn't know. I don't think that movies didn't end like that. that the, 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 the best guy like that is going to lose. No one thought that was going to happen. I think this movie subverted expectations enough watching it that I really felt like you went into this with an unknown. I mean, I can only I wasn't alive when this movie came out, but I have to work. Well, under you're the a assumption. movie savant, so yeah. Well, yeah, but I have just work, <laughs> well, yeah, work, work, work under the assumption that you know this this movie has already you know proved that you know he Rocky does things a lot of unorthodox, so. The classic Hollywood ending of him winning the fight, I think, I think for some people would have been, well, we don't know what's going to happen. Well, and- that'd, be, that'd be interesting to, to pull people on that. And then they come out, they're, they're coming out to the fight. Well, even, even before the fight, you know, again, another thing that Rocky does really well is before the fight, they show the emotions of both fighters. You know, after all the talk is done, the training, the the the, the, the shit talking, because you see you see a news broadcast of Apollo, just you you see that showmanship of him, like you well, he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop him and blah blah blah. I'm gonna drop him too. But even again, the thing that Rocky does really well is right before the fight, they have shots. I uh, they have shots of them in the dressing room. Yeah. And it's like the realest moment of the, uh, it's a real moment where you really see the real per- the real Apollo, the real Rocky. They're scared. You know, they're scared and they're they're thinking and they're like, oh, that you're, that's the realness of it. And then, like life, you know, sometimes it's a time to go. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, and and and, and of course, then Apollo gets back into his role of the uh, the whatever. You know, he comes the, dressed out like um dressed like Uncle uh, Sam like Uncle with the Sam. hat and the flags, and he just comes out and he's you know he's throwing glitter and it's just he's just you know he is he is living up to his moniker of you know this great showman. And Rocky's just kind of just. Kind of quietly, just walking into the ring. But still, but still, even then, Rocky is—he's uh, Rocky always shows vulnerability. He's a tough guy, and he's vulnerable. You know, what I mean, he's, he always looks monkey. He looks pretty mad. You know, he, he's still always doing that. You yeah. know, he's always held, holds up vulnerability. You don't, you, you don't see much arrogance out of Rocky. No, you know, in one anyway. No, not in one. You, you certainly you see know? it in, in subsequent films. The fight itself. Let's just talk about the fight itself. It was again the big part about that fight. The is I mean Apollo Creed's never been knocked down in right. his career. It's been, it's he, been I stated. think he's undefeated. He's undefeated. He's never been knocked down. Never been knocked down. Killed everybody. And Rocky hits him with a big uppercut and knocks him down bad. You know, in the first round, that yeah. sets the tone, and that you know gets I mean? the crowd whipped into a frenzy. And then I think the music maybe starts coming in too. You know what I mean? But you see, that's the point. That's the point when you know you sit, you go into the fight not sure, and then when he knocks Apollo down, it's like. Oh, he could actually do this. Right. We, we got a fight in our hands. Now, you know, talking about reality to a certain extent, I mean, the refs back then, they got to stop these fights, I think, a little earlier. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean he's getting- hitting him with every power shot available. No ducking, no dodging, no missing. These guys are bleeding profusely <laughs> all over the place. Um, this is 15. They do championship fights now are 12 rounds. Yeah, they're, they're going 15 fi- rounds they're going, back then. They're going 15 rounds. And I'm surprised <laughs> that the ring isn't co- completely covered in blood by this point. You know, nowadays you get a little cut. And they're like, all right, go to your corner, well, man. Right, you know, right, 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 right. But I mean, I, but there's a there's a great scene leading. Oh, and again, again, so we get a couple rounds real time. And then we get into the montage of this yeah, them yeah, just yeah, yeah. going back and forth, just beating the shit out of each other. And Rocky gets knocked down a lot in that fight. He like, does get this knocked is the down. Most fights. I, I would think these days uh, the the ref would have stopped the fight by then. Got, I think he would have thrown in the towel. Someone well, should have thrown in the towel. I mean, throwing the goddamn towel <laughs> at, at some point. Yeah, I mean, they're getting hit with every, hands down, just yeah. nailing each other in the face. You know, no one's going down. I, I do. It, it's a it's a it's a great scene though in the middle of the fight when Rocky gets knocked down again. Maybe it's like round eight, nine, or something. 
And then Mickey, 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 remember Mickey's like right there, stay down, stay down. And I just yeah. re- recoup yourself. And then Adrian kind of pops out of the thing and then she, you know, and we'll get into it in later episodes, I'm sure. I mean, Adrian just got to pull it together, man, for this guy. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? She's, oh, she, you know what I mean? She's got to pull it together. But they get to, they get, they get to like round what, like 13, 14. And there's a point where Apollo in, 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 in his, Cornerman and, and Duke and Tony and all them. Tony and Duke are the same person. When when they're like even going, all right, this is we can't do this anymore. Like this has to. I mean, this guy's not stopping. He right. you, you knock him down every time you knock him down, he gets right back up and and you can see the look on Apollo's face because he was so confident going De- into this fight to a certain extent. Like he cannot believe. You just see, there's a great scene where Apollo right. just kind of puts his head down after he knocks him down. Yeah, and, and he gets, and back, he gets up. back up. He just puts his head down. Like Rocky this. goes, "Come on." Give me more. Yeah, it's just it's it's so inspiring to see that scene. And then when we get into like you said, maybe the thirteenth or fourteenth round, and they're gonna stop the fight because Rocky's eye has completely Plastic. swollen shut. Classic, right? And what are they? This is this this is the part that still makes me cringe, and it's the only thing that makes me cringe in the entire Rocky franchise where. You know, it's e- it's either stop the fight or cut your cut the whole eye open, like cut the whole. So we oh, and they do it. Cut me, cut me, Mick, cut me. I think even Mick was like, I don't think we should do this. <laughs> even Mickey's like, I don't and, know and about this. And that speaks to the gritty <laughs> realism of 1970s cinema because that was cinema. like because they they do they just take a knife and they just cut his eye right open so he can see again. And, and you know, it, it it also goes. Mickey's not a sociopath. Even Mickey was like, all right, maybe we should stop. This is getting weird. But that cup man, he's like, no problem. You yeah, know what I mean? He's like, you got it. He's like, you got it. Oh, Those perfect. Are, you know what I mean? Yeah. That cup man, I, I want to see the cup man part one. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see, see his guy? story. How did he get up in the, how did he, how did he get in the business? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's got no problem doing any of that stuff. Mickey's you know like, I mean? got a good cut man. Don't worry. We're good. <laughs> and, and, and they did. You know what I mean? Cut my arm off. He's ready to cut his arm off. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, 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 no. So they cut him. They cut him and <laughs> and it's the, it's, it goes into the final round and, up, and and Apollo's got his ribs have been bashed that's he, the problem they're, they're, they're both fucked up at this point Rocky goes to the body very well in yeah. that fight he yeah. goes to the body well Oh, what happened? The fifteenth round, they're both they're both they're just up. they're just punching each other, just punching, 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 and the and the bell rings, and then it goes to a. What's great about it is this that moment of tension where they say it's a split decision, which is not means it's not a unanimous decision. Split decision. One George, one judge. But here's the key. Here's the key here to this movie that I that I really really appreciate. I don't know why it actually gives me chills for some weird reason. The whole fight, right? Is like, hey, you know, is Rocky going to beat Apollo? Or you think maybe? When they're going over the decision, the camera is not, or the, 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 I don't know if the camera was the right word, but they're not focused on the decision. They're focused well, on Rocky. He's trying to, he's trying to Rocky get Adrian. Adrian. Yeah. yeah. He just, that's fascinating. To Rocky, in his mind, he's already won because he's, he's, he's gone the distance. No right. one expected him to he, go he to the won, distance. Something in him, within himself, he, he did something. He, so he, he, right. He, it doesn't matter the decision. Goes back to the um, initial meeting he had with the promoter in the office when he said, how would you like to follow, fight Apollo Creed? And he says, no. He eventually says yes. And we've gotten to this point where he's proved to not only to everyone else, but more importantly to himself that he, he went the distance. He got the girl. And at this point, it doesn't matter the outcome. And you're right. You're right. I didn't even think about it. You're absolutely yeah. right. It's really voiceover in the background where you hear so they're going, is. you know, judge scores, you know, this one for Apollo, this one for Rocky. And there's like a little bit of a little, little tension, a little bit of tension about whether Rocky was going to win. And then it says, and but, but, you're still but, you're but, defending. But, but, again, though, I don't even know what the tension was, whether they somehow in, in, the, in the editing or the way they shot it in, in the mind of the viewer. It wasn't even about if he was going to win or not. You know, it, it was it was about him. Somehow, him and Adrian and his Adrian, Adrian, yeah, scream, yeah, Rocky, she, Rocky, right. Adrian. Yeah, I I look at it kind of like he didn't care that he lost. Yeah, exactly. he didn't. He just, oh, I love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, but this is I mean, this is more like this is more like a story of somebody who who decides to run a marathon. He doesn't win the marathon, but he finishes the race. Right, and that's really what Rocky did here. He he finished the race. He he, uh, it, it's incredible. Dude, it, it's it's a boxing movie that's not about boxing. Almost. It, it's you that, know that's I mean? the whole thing of that. I think that's why that movie, the movie, was so enduring to so many people was because it was about proving that you could do something beyond what your normal capabilities are and the fact that he went the distance with him got the girl didn't win the fight but it didn't matter you know it and, didn't matter and, and apollo had nothing but respect for him by the end of that fight 
at the end of the fight, again, though, and like, again, it, Paul, it's not going to be a rematch. Not going to be a rematch. Not going to be a rematch. Don't want, one. Don't want one. Don't want one. But, but there was a rematch, wasn't there? Well, there was. Didn't want one. And we'll get didn't to that. We? We're going to get to that in a later episode. So Rocky came out in late December of 1976. It was a fucking phenomenon. All right. It would uh, made on a $960,000 budget. It went on to gross $204 million, which is a lot of money even today for a movie to make. Is that a 2000% increase? I mean, it's, it's a massive amount of money and it didn't stop there. This little movie that he wrote that the studio offered him $400,000 for went on to gross $200 million and then was nominated for a gang of Academy Awards. Stallone was nominated for Best Actor. John G. Alveson was nominated for Best Director. We had a nomination for Best Editing. And it was nominated for Best Picture. Now, here are the movies that it was up against. And I'm telling you right now, right. this was some competition. We had Bound for Glory, All the President's Men. That's uh, Hoffman and Redford. You had Network, which I just recently watched last week. Network. Network is a phenomenal movie. It's it's actually streaming on Netflix right now. Everyone should watch it. And you had a small little independent film directed by Martin Scorsese by the name of Taxi Driver. Right. I mean, these are the, the films Niro that were nominated. And um, what was Harvey Keitel no, and what was uh, Civil Civil Shepherd. No, uh, Jodie Foster. Okay, and Jodie Foster. And, and, and Jody Foster. Yeah. Right. I don't think anybody expected Rocky to win, especially when you look at two of these. Actually, three of these movies: Taxi Driver, Network, and All the President's you Men. Know, preparing for this thing, and I, you know, I said, you know, I said, Rocky. I know Rocky won the Oscar, but I said it must have not been good competition that year. As I was thinking in my mind, and then I first Taxi Driver's first thing I see. I said, Oh my God, Taxi you Driver. Know? And to me, All the President's Men, which I still watch once every couple of years. It's a black mark on my record, I never saw it. Oh, it's it's great. It's a fantastic movie. Very relevant today. That's all I'm going to say. But it did win. John G. Albertson won Best Director. Uh, it won for best editing, like you mentioned, and then it did go on to win best picture. And what was great about that is the, uh, Winkler and Chardoff, the producers at United Artists who had funded the film. When a movie wins best picture, uh, the producers are the ones that go up and uh, accept the award. Uh, not the director, not anything, but they brought Sylvester Stallone on stage uh, with them. I think, was it, I was like a baby blue, like powder blue. Yeah, like, he had the, the, the big, the big puffed, uh, pulled out collar, a big, big collar and everything. All fucked up. He looked like he was like drinking that night. Or yeah, something. he looked like, he looked like he had been having a nice time yeah, that evening, yeah. but they yeah. brought him up on stage, which they should have because this was Sylvester Stallone's baby from the very beginning. I think I talked about in, in the episode where we did the Rocky history that, you know, Rocky was so broke that he sold his dog. You know, after the success of Rocky, bought his dog back. I mean, how I mean, many, yeah, that, that, that's funny. Yeah. But I want, I, this is a question I want to pose to you, okay? And I want to pose to you and I want to pose to the listeners is imagine you've you've done something, you, you've created something and you're so broke that you don't even have a home, you don't have a car. And someone came up to you and said, and let's talk in today's money. Someone came up to you and said, listen, I really believe in what you're doing right there. I'd like to buy that off you. Here's $3 million and you have nothing. How hard would it be for you to say no to that? Right. I mean, in right. hindsight, you can look and say, you can look and say, Stallone, well, well, look what it, look what it turned into. But this man had nothing and he was offered $400,000. Know, like it's to me, I know that Stallone gets a lot of shit. I know that a lot of people think he's just this big, dumb, you know, action star, but he's also an incredibly smart, brilliant, and had the, the four cents to see what this could have become. And I think he is a great American story. Uh, exactly. And you know, I, I, what, what I get from it, was it an intelligent decision? Maybe, maybe not. I just think, you know, people see Stallone, like you're saying, he sees like maybe a big dumb action star, you know, what do you do? Rambos and the Rockies right. and, you know, um, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, yeah. which we, we need to do an episode on Stop or Your Mom Will No, I'm kidding. Let's, yeah. not, <laughs> let's not do that if we can help. Only it. if we can do one on Oscar as well. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. But, you know, what, what, I, what I think it really, really speaks to at the end of the day and what he needs to get more credit for is um, he's just an, he's an, he's an artist, man. Yeah. He's just a, he's just a fucking artist. And when, and I, I, I don't, think of myself as an artist but in some senses i do and i know when you are inspired and you have a passion for a project like i won't take anything but what the project is supposed to be and nothing will get in the way and i think that's what it was that he's just like i know what it is it's captured him it's going to be this and yeah. nothing will ever stop that yeah you know it's just it's just straight artistry yeah and but it, but but again 
That's a lot of money. That's what, but it's a lot of money. And there's got to be there right. had to, there had to have been a part of him that was saying, "Well, I can take that four hundred grand. I can write other screenplays." But you have to remember, he was a nobody. So maybe maybe no, an older nobody, an older nobody, who Rocky didn't just make two hundred million dollars. It didn't just win Best Picture. It created an icon. Without Rocky, we may not. Sylvester Stallone might be a character actor. He might be somebody we've seen in a movie or two, but it created a legendary American icon. Listen, without Rocky, I believe we would have lost the Cold War. I think we'd all be Russian right now. This, you know what I mean? This, That's what I believe. This is true because Drago, <laughs> Drago would have come. He would have, he would have killed Apollo Creed. Right. And we would have had to submit because there's no, we would not have had anybody that could have beaten Apollo. We, we wouldn't have had Drago. the inspiration, you know what I mean, yeah. without Rocky. So really he's, he saved America as to what it is today. And remember, this is 1976. There, the Vietnam War had just ended in 75. There was a huge oil embargo going on. This was a very depressing time for most Americans, if not all Americans. There wasn't a lot to look up to. You know, so along comes this true underdog story right. of and, and someone captured, beating the eye. It captured, it it captured, captured the depressing, you know, the, the Philadelphia, the streets of Philadelphia. Yeah. It captured that. We you know when the, the doo-wop singers, you know what I mean? Yeah, and one of them was Frank Stallone, uh, right. Stallone's oh, brother, yeah. Did, did, did he have any kind of role with music, though? Didn't he, didn't he write? He, the yeah, there's a couple songs that play like in Frank that movie. But, but, yeah, absolutely. And what about his mother? Isn't his mother some, something? I, I the, think so. And listeners are going to be like, you guys need to do your research better. But right, I think, right. I think, I think there, yeah, there's a, there's a few things going on there so i I talked to a friend of mine wants to remain nameless but i know he's going to be listening to this and i asked him he was telling me that he remembers in 1976 or what probably would have been 77 because the movie came out in late december 76 but he remembers telling me that his brother took him to see rocky and it was all the rage that's what everybody wanted to go see and he said that they jogged to the theater and after the movie they jogged home and like they had their own little training montage going on and i asked him i said well what did you think of the movie itself Because I think a lot of kids today would go back and watch the original Rocky and say, this is a boring piece of shit. Right. Um, It's a drama. It's a drama. And movies in the 70s really did take their time. They're what's known as a slow burn. But he said it was amazing. And then I asked him the question. And we'll end on this. I asked him the question. I said, in 1979, which had been three years after the release of this, it was announced that a Rocky II was coming out. Was that a big deal? And he said it was the biggest deal. He said right. everybody was going crazy. And he said that people were treating it like it was a real boxing match, like it was going to be the rematch of <laughs> Apollo Creed and Rocky Balboa. And people couldn't wait to go see that. So on the next episode that you and I will, will discuss Rocky two at length. Can't wait. Can't so, wait. Michael, thank you for being on the Dana Buckler show. Thank you very much. Really enjoyed it. Man. And I'm looking so, forward to having you back on, man. This was this was coming. a great conversation. I can foresee because I've got the, you know, just like Stallone, I can foresee you're, you're a movie savant. that you know we that. will be tackling movies beyond the Rocky franchise in the future. So when we do a Goodfellas episode, I'll be right here. I, uh, listen, listen, I, listen, I thought you said, I no, 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 I thought you said, no, no, no. you ain't, you ain't all right. No, no, I thought you said, no, no. What, what did you get permission from <laughs> no, your mother? You, no, you, no. You, then you got a lot of problems, Dana. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, listen. You may fall under questioning. <laughs> It's not just this one. It's it's, it's seven fucking big ones. Seven G's. <laughs> you owe me like a, like impending doom. What? What do you want? Want me to christen his kid? <laughs> yeah, for seven thousand. <laughs> charge you. <laughs> no, thank you, bro. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, it was great having you on, and we'll definitely talk soon. All right. And my name is Dana Buckler, and thank you so much for listening.